Hello, welcome, welcome back to a new episode of Dive Deep with Lavinia. It's your host, Lavinia. Today we have a very special guest all the way from UK, my amazing, talented friend, Carrie. Woo! Say hi. Hi, Lavinia. How are you? Hi. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit of like maybe going to move towards a rant podcast. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The topic that we've decided on. But before we start um, our topic, do you want to like introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Carrie. Uh, like Lavinia. I grew up in Hong Kong. I went to an international school. I also had the opportunity to go to the University of Exeter to study um, combined honours of drama, art history and visual culture. And alongside being a university student, I am a part-time paid model and I also write poetry. Yes, look, she has like (laughs) such a long and amazing (laughs) introduction I've worked on my introduction all the time and I'm like I'm just really bad at giving like interview introductions or like any kind of introductions so that was a very very good introduction (laughs) so um as you see from the topic as always um our topic today is called struggles and challenges and you know the little subtopic is why i want to leave hong kong to move abroad and be independent that is actually one thing that we've always discussed while we were in uk about how you know we're born in hong kong but in many ways we kind of want to you know move somewhere and be independent in our own ways so as as I have to say I am very like um astonished by how good like Carrie does in the subtopic because you know how this is like moving abroad and being independent, I mean, you, as you said in your introduction, you're like, you know, part-time paid model and, you know, you write your poetry. This girl published her first poetry bro- book and I'm like so proud. So this is like already like you're way ahead in being independent. <laughs> but yeah, so this, um, our episode is going to probably do in two parts in which we're going to start the first part right now is just basically going to talk about, you know, our, our struggles that we have in Hong Kong or maybe even like in, <laughs> no, gosh, in UK. It's a long gosh. list. It's a long list. Yeah. It's, a long it's, it's so, so long. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have to be ready for like a long discussion. <laughs> of how juicy gossip literally juicy gossip yeah so actually um I want to ask you like um I didn't I I didn't I didn't think I've actually asked you before when we you know met um like Mm -hmm. why did you like want to leave Hong Kong because as you know you studied international school but you came here for university only right or did you come to high school yeah no, no, I came here for university. So the so um, the main reason why I decided to come to university in the UK was because what I wanted to study wasn't on offer 
in Hong Kong. Hong Kong isn't a place that gives leverage to the arts. You know, people who, who are passionate about poetry, people who are passionate about acting. Yes, there are acting sectors, but when you compare, you know, the, the theatre the atmosphere in the UK in comparison to Hong Kong, it's very different. Hong Kong is like driven by like finance and business and economics and, and, and literally that, yeah. <laughs> And um, I just knew that I wanted to be in, um, I wanted to be in a more diverse environment. I did not want to be around, you know, people who I grew up with. I wanted to be around like-minded people like myself, artists, people who are so passionate about making the arts more prevalent because it's one of the, it's one of the forms that's like dying because so many other subjects have been taking over. And I feel like art is so important because art in itself is therapy. It, it allows people to like to take a moment to take a breathe and really appreciate um, the surroundings around them, you know, in gallery spaces, in, in contemporary art galleries, in classical art galleries, just looking at buildings. And one of the things that I can really relate to growing up in Hong Kong was that inability to adapt to my environmental surroundings because I felt that everything was so compact and it was so squashed. And when I went to Exeter, when I, when I, when I visited, I remember just being um, really um, amazed by how open the space and how quiet and how serene was. Like all I wanted to do um, when I got to Exeter was say to my mum that this is where I literally want to go for university because it's so quiet it's so serene it's not it's not like London it doesn't it's not a very big city it's it's really student friendly and it would allow me to like focus on my studies while also like look after my well-being which I'm sure we'll talk about that much later on yeah 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 um, <laughs> honestly as you know as you've you guys might hear from Carrie I always like admire how you know how passionate you are for your arts and on that side because for me as I said I'm from a traditional school and as many ways as I want to pursue in arts and in many kinds of that kind of way in some ways I feel like I'm restricted in actually doing it or being like yeah about it but then I remember back then when I wanted to leave Hong Kong was because um I I just couldn't stand studying in like Hong Kong for university as well because even though even though if I'm not doing like arts or anything I just feel like the environment is just crushing me into like little pieces or like my brain is going to like no yeah yeah it's just gotta be like you know it's just gotta be like I'm going to become a robot in some point of time if I continue on in like Hong you Kong University. Better, better yourself. Yeah. yeah. So that's my reason why like I want to leave Hong Kong. But I think we actually discussed it last time when we see each other, like struggles yeah. that we yes. have, uh, struggles yeah. that we have during when we face um, like the Hong Kong society. Like, yeah, y- you know, y- you said like, oh, maybe like how people perceive you or how the system is like so money-minded yeah you know, I, ha- I just have to admit yeah. it because well once I came back you know now I'm back in Hong Kong right and um, once yeah. I came back I think the immediate change for me when I was in university and now was like I was so urgent in trying to find jobs and trying to get 
a you know financial income even though like my parents are like you know just relax yourself for the year or, or like you know just you know get some time and maybe do stuff you like to do but then you can't you just you know the moment no, you're you back you can't you can't get your mind off in no. a job or getting yeah. money right as you yeah no I completely agree with you because when you grow up in Hong Kong you grow up really quickly you grow up in this academic mindset it doesn't matter whether you're in a local school system or an international school system you're pressurized by all these different facets of academia and I remember me like you not being really academic I really did not write exams really well I used to get social anxiety writing an exam it's a wonder how I scraped through my GCSEs but I remember the other thing that really irritated me was there were a lot of shallow-minded people in my, in my school. There was a lot of um, hypocrisy. There was so much, um, what's the word? There was so much bias about what it was meant to be a good student. And it was, it was literally black and white. It was like, you're a good student because you can produce good grades. You're a bad student because you don't try hard. And it's like, it's not that simple. There were so many gray areas. It's probably the reason why my mental health problems weren't discovered until I got to the UK because there wasn't a facility to advocate for people with with differences with you know with abnormalities I I I don't even know if there is a if there's an operating um if there's like an operating well-being system you know that isn't in international schools like outside like counseling I don't know whether there is one because that's not something people talked about in Hong Kong you talk to somebody about mental health and well-being and they just be like oh yeah well that's hard life's hard deal with it and it's like, yeah. yes, life is hard, but there's so many solutions of things you can do to make life uh, like more, more comfortable for yourself. But I completely agree with you. I remember when I went back to Hong Kong in the first year of summer because um, I, I was going to work and I did. I didn't get two days or more before I was looking for jobs. And I ended up working jobs, which I really hated. I was teaching physics to kids. Like, oh, I dear. Was... Yeah, tutorial. That's the first thing I thought about yes. when I came back. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going for the interview and I said, um, I'm really glad that I've got this job, but I'm just going to say this. I, I didn't do physics in, in secondary school past year nine because I'm really bad at it. And then you teach these kids and it's, it's frustrating because they've already been shut into this local school environment mm-hmm. and then on top of that they have to go to these tutorials and it wasn't exactly tutorials it was this program called stem but i said to the boss by the end of the day i said you know i'm not really here to f- facilitate the lesson of physics i'm here to engineer some creativity into these kids something which local school system probably doesn't allow because it allows people to have that freedom of speech i think for you you have to do everything by the book you weren't given that much freedom you know to to question or to inquire that's one of the things the big differences between my international school system and yours but i still think mine wasn't wasn't as flexible as as i'd like it to be but that was one of the most frustrating things for me for sure yeah, because I actually said it in the um, in last two podcasts. So on my second and my third podcast, because um, my second podcast was like on grades and stuff. And I kept on telling like the one biggest problem that I had during 
um, my time in Hong Kong was how people determined me by grades and how disgusting the teachers were when they, you know, when they give out papers and then literally like get 40 marks in your like bio. I got 40 marks in my biology test and like classmate got like 90 marks and literally the teacher like, you know, I should give you like two more stickers and you get 40 marks. So you, you better get none. And then her face was like, you know, just really like, oh yeah, yeah here, get your paper I, back like that. No, I completely agree. When you literally devalue a person based on a number, it, it really affects somebody's well-being because especially in the local school system, it's, you have two things. You have your family and then you have your grades. And that's literally, there's no sort of like outlet, which, you know, you can put, you can project yourself, like you can give like leverage, you can sort of like elevate yourself. There isn't that. So it's just like, I'm this and a number. I'm really bad. Like, why can't I make this work for myself? So I completely understand like the pressure you felt. Cause I remember when I did, um, when I did IB and um, my Chinese teacher just couldn't understand why I really didn't like get it. She was like, oh, you're just about as good as 30 marks. And I was like, great. So I'm pretty oh, much yeah, the equivalent to yeah. a number. <laughs> exactly. Like my, bo- I, yeah. my biology teacher said like, oh, you're probably just going to get a two in your like biology. And then I, yeah. I freaking got a four in my biology. I was like, yes, I virtually slap her in the face. It was like literally yeah. that. And also like, um, about like mental emotions because you know in Hong Kong it's just this thing is it's so oppressed ment- yeah so it's so oppressed. oppressed and like people just think that oh when you tell people oh I have like you know depression or I have um, mm, a very like yeah. anxiety or something and then they're like are you all right do you need to go to the hospital and I'm like uh, this is such a normal (laughs) thing okay this is such a normal thing and you know I told um I was talking to another friend uh during a dinner the other day and then I was talking to her you know this is such a normal thing to talk about we talk about all the time when we were in UK but then once you can't you go come back to Hong Kong you're like I have to not tell everyone I have to not show people that I cry I completely agree it's almost like you have to write yourself a second script and just to have to behave by that script because that's exactly how I felt it wasn't like I couldn't go around behaving the way that I behaved in the UK I guess we'll talk about that later on but I couldn't say the things I would say it was like I had to censor every single word like create a script like from scratch and then I'd be thinking well I might not say anything because everything I'm saying just doesn't validate the way I'm feeling if I wanted to say things I would be angry I would be aggressive I'd be really blunt because it's a person that I am in the UK and I would just remember that it was like there was this voice inside of me that was just begging to come out but the way that the system was being governed in Hong Kong would not allow that at all let alone the people of me and my family because they they were just they just saw mental health as a phase they didn't really understand that it was something that evolved and got worse as I grew up because I'm still trying to figure out I've got my own questions and answers of why it became so bad and why it was diagnosed so late but I remember talking to my mum and she being like you know everybody goes through through these things like things are hard like you're not living you're not living in poverty you're you're not like in World War II and I'm like 
you can't exactly privilege on different things like it, we're not trying to create comparison here one's not worse than the other they're just different they're completely different and then she said to me well there seems to be something wrong with your generation i said no there's nothing wrong with this generation this generation is actually the first generation to actually look at ourselves and and accept that we're part that we have these imperfections that we have these problems but we celebrate it we have like um like body positivity we have like mental health awareness week we have like lgbtq like in the uk and that is that sense of acceptance is something that i could definitely say that that is something i pretty much prefer to be in the uk than in hong kong there's not so much acceptance in hong kong it's just there's a right way to do things or there's a wrong way to do things or it's a yes and no black and white equation every single time there's no sense of compromise and if you compromise and it's like you're 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 trying to um to mock the system so that for me there's like a whole line of frustration literally yeah I think more or less to me is that there's always this um, pre-assumption that people have on us that, you know, mm-hmm. um, nowadays it's all about, you know, being diverse or being human yeah. in that some kind of way. But in every chance you're here, you get this like passive aggression, you get this like sudden like sudden illusion that there's like billions of people around you or surrounding you or like judging you in different ways and in many ways because um as you said we we do art in all kinds of way but yeah in some in some chances I might be very embraced in how I make my art when I was in UK or what I put things but then the moment I came back um, it's mm. it just became very like business, you know. Um, a lot yeah. of the creation, yeah, yeah, a lot of the yeah. earring creation, for example, I don't get any business, for example, when I'm like in Hong Kong, and then I see a lot of like yeah. I have friends who also do like business in earrings, but they do kind of like oh, um, more you know metal metal type of earrings or like jewels and stuff, and they get yeah. like okay sales like 300 sales every day and continuously working and every time Mm -hmm. I see that I will be like oh my gosh like what am I even doing I'm doing the same thing but I can't even like reach the certain level that they did but then the thing is like they are very business like you know when they put out their earrings they'll be like oh this is like 168 dollars while like maybe on my Instagram I'll be like oh the today I feel like very like drifty so I created this like cloud earring it's kind of like a total different culture yeah total different way like sort of say something about your earrings because what I felt because I feel really bad because these aren't even pierced these are just fake and I, I would wear your earrings every single day like I buy them from you like I think they're absolutely amazing the difference between business mindset people in Hong Kong and you is that you have more thought process and you allow creativity to drive that and I feel like that for me is so inspiring um when I saw them first I was I was shocked because I was like wow you're, you're somebody from Hong Kong and you actually have this emotional connection to people it's not just repressed and you're so you're so transparent with the way you want to show this thought process and what inspires you whether it's nature whether it's um internalized feelings like it's so refreshing and it's so organic it's what makes your product i think more emotionally connected than let's just say putting a figure or a number on something so you feel like 
there's a so you feel like you're wearing somebody's uh, thought process you feel like you're wearing somebody's feeling rather than just you're just wearing a slab of metal so that's literally like the biggest difference and I just like, want to commend you that I think you're doing such a good job on oh, it thank you so much <laughs> Yeah, I think that's kind of um, the reason why, in many cases, I think we connect by how much we see the society in a different way. Of course, like if mm-hmm. you go, if if we were born in another place or in another society, we could have like you know have different feelings about this and that. But I think one thing that um, probably I would want to ask before we move to the second part um, of sure. our episode is. Um, you know, kind of like struggles of how we could break out of, you know, the family chains and like to be independent. Because for me, um, recent days, I've been drowning a lot in how I can be financially independent. Because, you know, I, as much as my parents love me, and when I come back, they'll be like, oh, do you need like, how much money do you want for this week? Um, I can give you a thousand dollars, two thousand, two thousand five hundred. But for me, I felt really bad because I was like, yeah. I'm a fresh graduate already. I'm university graduate. I'm not like, you know, first year, second year. I can't yeah. be so lenient on them. And then no. how about you? There's like, also how? The, yeah, the, yeah, there's also the fact that it might seem like that they're caring for you and, the, and that they're trying to be kind, but I see it as blackmail. It's like, we give you this much money, so therefore you should give us this in return. And I think for me, the reason why I've become so financially independent in terms of paying for my rent, paying for my food, paying for like my utilities and everything around me, like it's taught me how to be frugal and really careful with money and really appreciate, you know, 50 pounds, 20 pounds and, you know, not to throw away, you know, because that is my hard earned money from modeling and from writing backbone, my poetry book. It's something that I cherish so, so I'd say for people that want to be, it's pick a topic find an outlet find something that you think you can sell yourself because at the end of the day it's not so much about the emotional connection with modeling it's all about branding and marketing yourself of course with your earrings there is an emotional connection and the creativity that drives the process but for me it's all about what makes you stand out what makes you different from that person how can you sell yourself in the best way that you know sells the clothes sells what you're wearing sells the feelings sells the sort of like the topic or the subject that the photographer wants you to capture so it's pretty much just a whole marketing and branding uh project that's how you you make the most money you you go to your clients you go to your photographers and you try and get the best image that they want and you're happy with and most of the times I'm happy with it the photographer's happy with it he wants to work with me again or she wants to work with me again and sometimes we just bat heads in terms of our creative vision and sometimes I end up doing things which I feel I wouldn't exactly agree with but I do it for the sake of getting the photos but at the end of the day it's all about it's all about finding that niche finding that spark in you that is so different from other people it's probably why i'd like recommend like a lot of people if they want to become financially independent is to you know take up a job when you're at university don't you know rely on mom and daddy like keep on sending you money like it's why like i worked my ass off um in summer um last year working with kids who came from oman italy and spain to work as an activity leader consecutively for four weeks and i put my mental health completely on a strain but i did that so that i wasn't financially dependent on them so there's lots of little things that you can do and 
the great thing about universe is like there's a lot of um opportunities there's a lot of job opportunities which you can talk to people about especially at Exeter where there's the career zone so you can sort of figure out what sort of jobs whether it's internships or graduate schemes there's so many different varieties so I say basically just brush up your CV and put yourself out there if you want to become more financially independent yeah but also at the same time I might like put myself in is because I think also in a different case that not every every person is that confident or like that brave enough to like you know just you know tell your parents like oh um I'm gonna stay here for the summer or this or that because I think it's just you know a different brought up or like in a different environment I cannot always be like oh um I want to stay here for the summer I want to do this job this that you know it took me so long for you know my parents to actually understand what I wanted to do or anything but then it many cases even though right now I might be able to do something related to fashion or related to like all kinds of other stuff there's still gonna be moments in my life I'd be like I can't support you know what I'm paying to learn um I can't do a business um for myself in the future because I only have the this amount of saving and then you know that that kind of frustrates me but we are going to continue about that (laughs) later on on our second part where we talk about you know how we face our challenges and probably face our dreams and we're going to talk a bit more about you know carrie's like modeling poetry passion and (laughs) our my passion too and our future (laughs) and stuff and then um we're gonna get back to it and stay a little while longer for our second part be back Welcome back. This is part two <laughs> of our podcast with Carrie. So, you know, uh, if you stayed to the second part <laughs> and hopefully got, got past the, our first part, you know, the second part is a lot about, you know, our dreams and challenges and, you know, how hopefully in the future we can continue on and maybe, you know, become, you know, achieving our dreams let's not say successful mm-hmm. because we are successful yeah. in you know different kinds of way or yeah different yeah. perspectives is how you think it but let's say you know our dreams let's talk a little bit about you know your current things because you know you have modeling okay you have poetry <laughs> you know if arts yeah. you're pursuing you know going towards acting or like being in you know that kind of side so what I hope to do is, because I'm enrolled in a master's in curation at Exeter, I'd have no idea whether I'm actually going to get in or not, because it's really depending on my final year results, which is still being calculated due to some last minute um, 
complications. But I've actually been thinking about modeling in the grand scheme of things. And I actually want to like be scouted by um, an agent um, to actually work in an agency. And there's one in London called BAME. So it's supporting different oh, diversified yeah, I've heard looks. About BAME. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking that that would definitely be an idea for me. So current right now, I'm just building up my portfolio and, you know, selecting photos, being really um, like specific and being very almost having like an artistic critical mindset of being like this is what works this is what doesn't work and then in terms of poetry is I've written Backbone which is the first one and then the second and the third volume are going to be published later this year hopefully by October or even by September so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with that wow that is that's just wow (laughs) like I am so happy for you you know um I've always admired your mind on the poetry side it's really sometimes I read the poetry and I feel like it just speaks in that kind of way that I was like (laughs) oh my god this is like (laughs) what I feel as well and like for modeling as well because um honestly I I wish I could be back in UK for modeling and things because I feel like I'm so much more free and people embrace how I am. Yeah, exactly. You know, even actually when I came back, I joined one of like the modeling casting, if you see on my Instagram. Um, It's probably the only place that probably would be the most diverse in like Mm -hmm. modeling agencies and stuff. But um, I mean, I really enjoyed the experience, but um, I wasn't like admitted into you know the agency but I don't yeah you know I'm not like too worried about it but um in many cases of course um I still have like thoughts about joining um some modeling Mm -hmm. agencies in Hong Kong but I would as I said you know even though I'm very like confident about like my current body positivity or like how yeah. I am or how I yeah. pers- like present myself in many kinds of way, I'm still not confident enough to, you know, up for the yeah. agencies. Um, actually, some of the agencies followed my Instagram and stuff, but I- I'm like, you know, as much as like, I'm so adoring the chance to, model in a proper agency you know getting proper chances to model yeah. instead of you know going out or shoots you know I enjoy doing that yeah I'm just still not like you know ready for it I just I it takes a lot of time yeah. to acquire confidence yeah or actually as I said you know body positivity I'm not even yeah. sure if they feel like they feel like oh I'm ready to have a person who's um plus size or anything it's just mm. Hong Kong society just don't don't pursue do you mind if I sort of yeah. like give a bit more yeah. provide more insight on that thing because I feel like the fashion world is becoming so much more inclusive when you look at the amount of people that you know have different body uh, sizes different shapes you know different sort of like discolorings or pigments on the skin we're all accepting that um I think that it's it's becoming more and more diverse it's not so black and white it's not just having one look or like one aesthetic is becoming so much more inclusive so I don't really think that's something you need to worry about I think if there's any fear of you um don't feel you're ready for an agency is take time take allow the process to be long and fruitful and just take time to really love yourself like do what you do best like 
work on your earrings like your blog like speak written affirmations to yourself in the mirror be like I am this person because of all my hard work and it doesn't matter whether somebody wants to shut me to the ground I'm here because I'm this person I think that's one of the most important things that's definitely one of the things that I do I remember when I'm really nervous for shoots I will basically just put on the camera and just press record and just dance and be like I'm free I'm happy. Yeah. I'm in the mood. I'm I'm in the zone and I love myself because that's the most important thing. You can't go to a casting, a shoot, an agency and hoping that they're going to love you if you don't even have that validation from yourself. And it mm-hmm. took me a lot of time to actually give myself credit for my hard work and my perseverance. Pretty much this summer that I actually started to realize that I've actually made a better name for myself, um, sort of like this reputation, this artistic reputation as a model, as a poet. And it took so many people to tell me, and they're like, you don't really understand like how gifted and how, like how holistic and how talented you are, like how hardworking. I was like, no, not really. Like, I'm just, you know, normal. Like, because yeah. that's how, you know, we, we grow up in Hong Kong. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say for you, yeah, I'd just say, like, just take your time. Don't don't rush into anything. But if that's something you really want to do, then, you know, nobody's stopping you. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's, that's what um, I actually had this thought when I was doing quarantine. You know, doing this podcast thing was literally the thought that I had during quarantine. Because I was mm-hmm. like... Um, I really am a very expressive person and I mm-hmm. like to express through words and through talking to people. And one thing mm-hmm. that I gained the most when I was in UK is that having people to sit down and talk, yeah. you know, deep stuff and yeah. talk about feelings like how we are right now is something that, you know, I, I feel like finally there's like a platform where people can you know express their personal experiences and express their personal thoughts and be like you know forget about all those other people and all those other you know gossips about you or pre-assumptions about you because you are creating something that's you right and then that's why through podcasting I can always like occasionally um one episode I can be like today I just felt like this I'm just going to tell you what I feel like today um I'm going to end with like a a short clip of music um let's just relax together um Mm -hmm. hope you listen to this podcast you know you can learn something about it um but also at the same time I might have really random episodes where I'd be like you know I'm just gonna um I'm just gonna tell you about the show I watched the other day and I feel like this is like this stupid content or like this really meaningful content (laughs) and that's how I was um but I mean um one thing that I keep on you know um, telling people uh a lot of people say you know you're very positive you're very like encouraging and then but I was like you know I have my ups and downs as well um I can yeah very deep down but then I can also feel very motivated and one Mm -hmm. thing that felt shocking to me um, was um, you know last night I just suddenly got this like message from one of my friends because uh, she was one that you know she wants to work a, a fashion business with me but uh, in many mm-hmm. cases she's very restricted as well she's a person she's also born in Hong Kong but you know the same type of people you know we want to break free mm-hmm. of our chains and 
Um, but at many cases, she keeps on telling me, like, I felt like I don't have your amount of freedom. So we're like, same, but at the same time, I feel her restriction. And she just yeah. sent me this, like, message. She was like, you are... Um, such an inspiration to me you know whatever the case yeah. I really hope that let's take it slowly in the future if you ever made a business I I would like I would be so happy to just like work yeah. with you no matter the case like just you know at least there's one person who's chasing this dream or reaching yeah yeah and you felt like you know you I was part of this and even though yeah. I'm like this little part of it I'm still mm-hmm. getting yeah, my chance and you know saying yeah having a say and actually being like in the future being like was a part of this motivation or I was part yeah. of this time that we are governing ourselves right yeah. yeah, exactly. So I want to ask you, like, have you ever had, you know, one of your piece of poetry, you know, that struck you the most? And, you know, it, it's like this memorable poetry that you just can't yeah. get off your mind. I actually have my book here, so I'm just going to have a look. Yeah. Great. Okay. Oh, look at this baby. Oh, Still can't believe goodness. I've done it. <laughs> you know, having that baby coming out and you'll be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> It's like sometimes yeah. with my blog, it's like every time I got like one piece out, it's like, oh, I can stare at it like for days or like having a podcast out. I was like, I can listen to it for days because like, oh, this yeah. is what I created. So yeah. So one of the poems that stuck with me, it's called In His and it's about falling in love and being in a relationship and the breakup. And it's almost like I'm selling myself on a pedestal. Like, even though I've smashed his masterpiece, you'll still find me in as well. So do you mind if I read it out? Is that okay? So, he told me I was the world, the colours which intersected the blank canvas before I picked up the rock and hurled, smashing his masterpiece. You still find me in his world. Whoa. (laughs) Okay, um, as much, um, I have limited knowledge in, like, you know, poetry yeah. and things. But, yeah. you know, do you want to, like, you know, express a bit more about, like, when and why and how yeah, this kind of sure. came out? Yeah, yeah. So, basically, um, I struggled a lot with my mental health in second year. And going to wellbeing, they suggested that I write my thoughts down on paper. And they said it didn't have to make any sense. It could just be, like, word jargon. But, you know, something to facilitate my feelings in a way which didn't you know hurt myself or advocate for self-harm because that is one of the things I struggled with um I started to write and it was really lengthy at the time it would it would sort of go about one to two pages and it was really dark and it's really different to the way I write now I think the biggest change is when I started to write a lot shorter and the thoughts became more concise and more constructed and it was written for an audience to be understood. It wasn't just word jargon. It wasn't just a way to facilitate the way I felt about my mental health. And it just it just developed from there. And um, I, for me, poetry is written affirmations. It's made me the person who I am. It's, it actually gives myself credit for how much hard work I've put 
into becoming this person that I am today, you know, all through the struggles and the hard times, you know, growing up in Hong Kong. So it's almost like a testament to my hard work. So I thought it'd be a shame not to publish it. So that's pretty much the journey with my poetry. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's, um, maybe it kind of felt like doing a diary, you know, every day you have yeah. like, those kind of certain small emotions for you. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of the one who kind of like contract a ma- massive amount of like emotions mm-hmm. and then yeah. I just need to talk it out that's that's kind mm-hmm. of my way of like expressing you know I need to like yeah I also think another thing for me as in wanting to chase my dreams is that I always want to be um upfront um I want to be yeah. one that you know I had I actually before I had a thought about being like those kind of like freaking motivational speaker <laughs> like you know just like standing there and be like you can do it <laughs> like like those times the thing like, is L- Lavinia that you say that but you literally are a motivational speaker you know what you're doing with this podcast dive deep with Lavinia you're giving people insight to you yourself as a person you're being really transparent you're letting down all these these barriers you're letting yourself be vulnerable in front of a in in front of a microphone you are a motivational speaker without saying you can do this you can do that there's i think so many facets of motivation which go unnoticed because it's so black and white and it's like no it's not we're all we're all culprits but we're all victims of being being motivational because that is what makes this world so beautiful and so holistic and so diverse you yeah, I, I think, um, so recently, there is actually a event in Hong Kong, I think it's made, well, is it made from like a university? I need to check. But basically, one of, um, so one of my seniors sent me this, and then it's an event that's made from, uh, made by the, I think the government or like just some, um, oh, wait, so this is like a government launched program to care about, um, the citizens' mental issues during this pandemic. So I'm not going to say like how, what, what the content is because I mm-hmm. haven't really looked into it. But yeah. I was like, you know, I saw this post uh, while I was like in the MTR and I saw this yeah. post and the first thing that struck me was, are you sure? You know, mm. I think that was my immediate reaction because I was like, are you guys ready to be, you know, super transparent and yeah. not afraid to like tell people about the damages that you have been through or the, yeah. the crushed, like, you know, a, one biggest thing is like people just don't want to admit that they have yeah. uh, depression uh, or they have anxiety or people um, tend to just put depression or put anxiety on their, their tails of their mouth all the time but not actually being, you know, diagnosed. They, yeah, they, exactly. they always like, oh, I have depression. I'm just really like anxious. I am super stressed and like that. But then in many cases, you know, people who actually have that is a different case. Um, I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. you know, any of uh, this and that, but mm-hmm. as I was seeing that program and as you were saying, you know, how and why I started this podcast was like, I I don't mind being transparent in front of people. Um, I think when I was growing up, my parents, you know, my family or like my side or anyone who's near me always like, you know, don't tell people so much about yourself. 
they're like you know you don't want to you know you don't want to show everything to your people you don't want to like let your future employers know that you are vulnerable you are weak or you are incapable like that but then the thing is you can yeah you can argue that that's all facets of that's all facets of my personality you can't expect me to be pristine like shiny like 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 a new car like you take me as i am because I am hardworking, I'm determined, but at the same time, I'm resilient, I'm struggling, I'm sad, I'm a human. You, you don't get a, um, like an emotional, characterized robot, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you need to be really transparent. I think that's one of the biggest issues with a lot of Hong Kong parents, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, and also, it's just that I use my ability to be able to use my voice mm-hmm. and like yeah. yours you know use your poetry or occasionally you do like free dancing you know mm-hmm. doing that to express what's inside what is in us you know we're not yeah. afraid to show that side to you because in some yeah. kind of way we still trust that when you see what we are you would still you know, willing to understand yeah. us or like willing to yeah. know about us because that's, you know, we're already presenting our real self out for you. Yeah. And yeah. that is actually what we required as well. Just real feedback mm-hmm. from you and real expressions and, you know, trust yeah. people. There's always going to be people who's like, you know, you don't want to trust, you know, there's people who always have this like, bad thoughts or like wicked ideas or like just trying to like find ways that they don't want to understand yeah Yeah. push you down or they don't want to understand about you but you know we don't need to make them understand about you yeah understand about us because you know that's their choice but um being whether we want to be transparent in front of people we don't know being mm. transparent and expressive in front of people we don't yeah. know is you know our choice and our way like that so it's a bit difficult of course you know transitioning between um w- the place where we grow up and probably the, yeah. where we want to be in the future and probably not like for me probably not UK but like maybe maybe somewhere else like Canada or like Korea there's still going to be people like talking it's like oh why do you want to go to Canada or like why do you want to like go to Korea it's like it's just so different and it's not worth it you need to just change to a new place learn a new language do this do that you need money yeah but you know dreams are there to be dreaming but it's also there to be for you to achieve Yeah, as you said, you know, just take our time slowly. Um, now that I'm here in Hong Kong, I just can't stop thinking about like how I can earn or yeah. earn money or sustain myself. But you know, mm-hmm. I just gotta like throw it out to people and be like, you know, I I'm being honest. I money. Um, so what? Yeah. Like as much as I want to be. Pr- expressive of my own ideas and emotions and my creativity but unfortunately this society has created me to be money-minded and wanting to get independent through that do you have like (laughs) do you have any more things you know you want to express to you know the audience through this episode or yeah I think for one thing the one thing I do want to touch touch on is 
to not be afraid to reach for your dreams, to not be afraid to try something that you've never done, that you, that you probably wouldn't have done in a past life or, you know, a year ago, to do something outrageous, to do something that you wanted to do, to never say, what if people think about this about me? Or what if I fail? Because there is really no such thing as failure. Failure, it doesn't exist. You might have a setback. You might have to take a few steps back, but there's nothing failure. Because in some ways, I'd say failure is the best success because you're reinventing, you're reinterpreting, you're recharacterizing, you're regenerating, you're rebranding yourself completely. Like life wasn't meant to be easy. So just, you know, if you want to try something, do it. And don't let anybody set you back. I think because the world, especially the fashion world, is becoming so much more inclusive. If you if you want to try modeling, then do it. Like make sure that you know you're safe. Make sure you know you know the right people. Um, but make sure that there isn't somebody at the end of the day. It, it's probably going to be you, like yourself, saying like I can't do this. You can do anything. You can do anything you set your mind to. That's one of the things that being in the UK has taught me to be is to relax and to let life do itself, but also to try new things, to 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 meet new people, to to make new friends, to to write poetry, which I never thought I'd do two years ago because it's so honest and it's so transparent and it's so blunt. And for some people it's different facets of creativity, but if there's anything that I want people to take away from what I'm saying is just try something don't be afraid to reach for your dreams like you never know until you start trying and sure it's going to be a long and a treacherous long journey but you'll never know till you're trying then you'll spend your whole life wondering like what was it actually like if i did try so never let life pass you by and don't live life with regret it by the hand and make it the best thing you can make it that's pretty much my advice I think at the end, you know, luckily for us, we're still like early 20s. As I said, we have 10 more years. You know, you can fight 10 more years before you can, you say, okay, before you can tell people like, okay, maybe I really need to like, so we so-called, you know, quotation, um, settle down. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we still have the ideas, we still have the the motivation and the energy to be able to, you know, try 10 more years, um, risk yeah. 10 more years, um, do the right risking. But if you don't risk for it, you know, you, you really don't know what's going to come out. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's such a meaningful, you know, podcast to do it with you, like Carrie, because, you know, the, you're one of the person who, whom we just kind of connect on such a mental base. Yeah. Um, yes. And we are be able to like express ourselves in just so similar ways, but also very unique ways. So this is such a good podcast. And, you know, I hope people who are listening to this podcast, you know, can learn something out of it. You know, I don't want to stress you in being like, oh, I have to be, oh, I, I, Carrie and Lavinia is just so motivating and then so inspiring. You know, I don't want you to like. <laughs> we have our bad days. We have we our have, bad days. We have bad days. We have really, have really bad days. days. Yeah, literally. Yes. We don't want you okay. to be like, oh, who, 
look, you know, look up upon us, you know, you can do it as well. Um, it's just how you take your perspective into looking at all those things. But I hope that you, you know, you enjoy this, you know, that we struggle, but we also try to, you know, find different ways to face the challenge. And, you know, as usual, um, subscribe to this podcast follow this podcast you know find me on all the like podcasting platforms um if you want to uh find me to chat just dm me on my instagram um at dive deep w lavinia i'm all ears open and i'm willing to listen to you and i'm also gonna link carrie's you know all the poetry her instagram and all her talented stuff (laughs) on on this podcast you should go and check it out read her poems it's where you know hopefully you can find your voice as well in it and as usual We'll see you in another episode and have a great time. Bye-bye.